truth, honor, loyalty, character. Hello and welcome to the Long Green Line podcast. This is your host, Maddie Arnold. I am the director of the Long Green Line movie, and I'm excited to be sitting down today with one of my favorite musicians, Kyle D., currently in the band Makeout. How are you today, Kyle? I'm great. How you doing, Matt? I'm great. So Kyle is a musician whose work, if you've seen the movie, you have heard his music. He was in a band at that time called The Frantic, and they have a scene kind of the transition from act one to act two in the movie where there's the school's first dual meet and i believe they are competing against downers grove north and you can hear his song audio and murder from the band the frantic right at that moment in the film also if you've seen the trailer for the film that same song is in the trailer it has great energy we loved working with this band because they were a chicago band And we're going to let Kyle talk about how that all happened. So Kyle, tell us about The Frantic. When did The Frantic come to life? Yeah, The Frantic started, I was 13 years old. The three of the guys in the band, the three of us, we had all grown up together in Homer Glen, Illinois. We had been playing together our whole lives since kindergarten, basically. And then we met our drummer, Brett in eighth grade and the rest was history it was just one of those magical stories of a band forming that you can't force it just happened naturally and we all happen to love all the same cool punk rock music rancid no effects and the casualties anti-flag and it was just like we got in the room together and there was just that chemistry and we were a band together for 10 years i did a lot of touring and put out some records and yeah it was just like the best formative years of my life in that band and the long green line was the first movie that we ever had a song in so that was really special for us cool yeah it was really cool because we we got to know you guys pretty well during that and that was during a time when i was doing a lot of music photography Mm -hmm. so i think at one point i was in chicago and you guys were living in chicago at that time and we did a photo shoot down near the adler planetarium yeah and we did some in a warehouse too yes right and i remember All of that was so cool to us because we were still young. We were just teenagers and doing photo shoots and music videos and being in movies. And it was like, you know, we had stars in our eyes and I'll remember that stuff forever. That photo shoot we did, I remember we were playing like cardboard instruments that I think you had made. You like cut out cardboard guitars and it was just cool. Yeah, so you guys did some touring. I know you were on the Warp Tour at one point. Right. I remember hearing you all the time on Q101 when Mm -hmm. I was in Chicago. They were a huge fan of that song too. Right. And so what was that like for you being so, because you guys literally like you were, you formed the band in middle school and you pretty much got signed before high school was over. Yeah, it happened really fast, but it's weird. Those years, they don't seem to happen that fast. Each year seems like a lifetime, you know? So we started when I was 13. We came to Los Angeles to record our debut record when I was 15, which at that time, People didn't have home studios and Pro Tools on their laptops at home. We like flew to LA and worked in a big recording studio and it was a whole experience. And that record came out when I was 16. And like later that year, like maybe by 17, we were on the road full time and on the radio and it happened really fast. Q101 picked the song up and that was a station that I grew up listening to my whole life. I actually used to go in the basement and record myself on cassette pretending I was on Q101 and... So a lot of my dreams came true in that band. I'll uh, always remember I was driving down the road and our song came on and it's just jumping up and down. It's really cool. Yeah, that's like the, the quintessential moment for musicians huh? to hear your music on your favorite radio channel. Yeah, especially at that time before really the internet was popping off. There wasn't like streaming services and stuff like that. So it was a big deal for us. Yeah. 
how old are you now? I'm 32. 32. So it's like 20 years of this work. Yes. <laughs> that was a pretty critical 20 years in the evolution of technology. So mm-hmm. like as a band, what was your first presence? Like MySpace? Did you have that? My j- old drummer, Brett, he's my best friend still. He was so ahead of the curve with just technology and all of that at that time. And I think that really actually set our band apart from other local bands was, and it's hard to like really wrap your head around this nowadays, but back then, like he built us a website and like did all the coding and he would shoot our videos and upload them on the internet. And uh, no one was doing that at that time. He was doing like little home recording demos on like an eight track. He brought that technical side to it. And we would like make our own banners and spray paint our name on stuff. Like it was just more DIY. It taught me a lot as far as like the grassroots of how to work hard. Yeah, even like our first tours, there was no MapQuest or there was no there was no Google Maps on your phone. Like there was no internet service. Like we would have to print MapQuest directions or even use a full blown map. And it was just a different time. But I take all that with me now in the current day and age. Yeah, I think learning how to read a paper map is a really valuable skill. <laughs> right, for sure. For musicians or non-musicians. I mean, Kyle's staying in LA right now and he's at a house in Laurel Canyon and he couldn't, he had to take an Uber to get cell service. Correct. So knowing how to read a map could even help today. <laughs> well, Uber itself is so cool for touring. I remember touring back then and like, The whole band had to agree on what we were doing, where we were going, where we were going to eat. Now it's like so much more convenient. I can just order Uber Eats or or whatever, like even Ubering here while my band is still back at at the show. It's definitely come a long way. That's awesome. So let's break down the song Audio and Murder. How did that song ever come about? Back then, all of our songs were just a very natural process. There was never a thought of let's write a hit song or let's write a song like let's try and break ground. It was just straight up what we were listening to was influencing us and we would get in the basement and just jam. And that's how that song came. Just turned down the amps and started playing some chords. And next thing you know, it's on the radio. And I think that's why I say there was like a magic to that band and everything we did because we were young enough to where we didn't have that filter. We weren't discouraged yet. You know, we hadn't had too many failures at that point. So so I always describe your sound as punk pop. Mm-hmm. How do you describe your sound? Yeah, that's spot on. Big fan of like Green Day and, you know, all the 90s stuff, Nirvana, Blink-182, just coming up on that. I think that showed through in our music. It has like the ag- aggression of punk, but sort of this sunny layer. Yeah, that kind of makes it a little more radio friendly as well as human friendly. I think. Yeah, for sure, that's accurate. I've always tried to write happy, fun songs that are uplifting and and make you feel good. So it's it's a weird combination because punk rock is like you said, typically more aggressive. I don't really have much of like the political side or anything like that in our music. It's usually just about love and good times what kind of advice do you have for young people putting their band together these days from what you've learned in 20 years i try not to hate on anyone that's doing anything creative following their dreams but i will say i see a lot more bands nowadays that are just too concerned with the appearance and how they come across and the image and the social media and like i get it that stuff's all very important and it's half of the business but growing up the way I did where we got together in the basement five six days a week and actually built that chemistry as a band and as a team and built a brotherhood like I think that part 
is overlooked and it's so important. And I can tell when I see a band now that rehearses and, and really works hard. You can just see it. So I would just say that, like, don't forget about that part. Like the music is just as important. Put on a good show. And at the end of the day, it's about expressing who you are and writing songs that, like I said, like for me, it's about making people feel good. It used to be all about, oh, I want to be a rock star and do all this and that. You see all like the bands you are inspired by growing up. But my perspective has changed now more towards like who needs to hear our music and how can I help others? And it's just a different outlook. I don't know if that answers, is that a roundabout way of answering that question, but no, yeah. I think, I mean, I just, do you ever think about what your life, what your band would have been like had you had cell phones that whole time? Yeah, I think it would have been different for sure. Nowadays, you can get online and connect to a massive audience instantly. You can put up a song, distribute it yourself. You don't need radio as much. You don't need touring experience as much because back then, it, the only way to get heard outside of your your local town was to get in the van and go and meet people face to face. So I think it would have been different, but I think I would be a different person too. I think you dodged some some of the drama of early success on the internet. Absolutely, yeah. I think there was a freer mindset back then to just enjoy each moment and soak it all up. That's probably different now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you mentioned hard work and the band that the Frantic, you know, became so good because you guys practiced a lot. And mm-hmm. I remember, I remember seeing you, there was a venue on Melrose. It's a different bar now. I forgot I what it this. was called. Yep. I think it's called the Dark Room now, but it used to have a big stage. You guys played there. It was the first time I'd seen you. I was only in town. I think I moved here like a year or two. Yep. I remember and that. I was so impressed at how well you guys played. Mm-hmm. You were so well rehearsed. You played so well together. You know, I've been seeing all, I've been shooting a lot of music videos, especially live music videos. And some of the best singer songwriters in town were not as polished as you guys were. Just That's a bunch awesome. of, you know, teenagers from Chicago coming to LA just to play a gig. And you, you totally delivered. Thank you. So tell me, so Coach Newton always talked about hard work and discipline. Mm-hmm. He also talked about how he loved having musicians on the team because the work ethic that musicians already knew was something he didn't have to teach. Right. So what do you think it is about music and hard work that are so essential? That's the dog. (laughs) What do you think it is about musicians and athletes and what are the commonalities and how did you guys learn that lesson of hard work? It's funny you say that because, you know, growing up a musician, you always kind of get that like stereotype of like, oh, musicians are just like party animals and do drugs and whatever, you know, like, I don't know why it has that connotation to it. But like you said, I mean, we did all of our own marketing, we did all of our own branding, you know, coming up with the logos and meeting fans and sales, selling our own merch. And it's like you learn every aspect of being a businessman by being a musician and you have to hustle. There's so much competition. At the end of the day, it's because we loved it as much as we did that we were willing to work that hard. It's not like some job you hate where you just have to like pretend to love it. I mean, we have always just put that craft first and you'll do anything for it. And in order to to stand out, you have to be good. Yeah, that, that work ethic was just instilled in us from a young age for sure. But to compare it to to athletes, it's the same thing. It's that drive to be the best and and not only be the best, but like beat yourself, like beat your your score the last time that you went out there, like, you know, improve your own stats. That's that's what it is. We're just competing with ourselves at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think there was something else to that, to you guys, because I think you reminded us so much of the team itself. You were about the same age as the guys. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you had started in high school, you know, like your freshman year of high school, you guys were a band. And by your senior year, you were the equivalent of the state champs. Sure. Being played on Q101 or however you want to right. evaluate that. But you guys just really ha- brought that spirit and brought that energy. And I'll link in the show notes here, some of those photos we shot back in the day. Sweet. Talk about the, you know, because I think even the pictures themselves, you can see the the chemistry. Because weren't two of them brothers? Yes. So there's two brothers and then there's two other guys. And you can tell that they're long-term friends. Right. And the, the rapport that you had, you can see it even in photos as well as in the videos and hear it in the music. So then tell us about your new band. Real quick, I'll just touch on that. Oh. It is kind of like a team, like you're saying, the chemistry of like the brothers working together towards a common goal. That does make sense to be compared to athletes because even down to the uniforms, you know, you look at bands like the Ramones that all wear the leather jackets or... Whatever it is, like it is a team and you're all in it together and we all want the same thing. And I think the bands that break up are the ones that it's not because they're not great. It's because, you know, they're they're not working as a team. Um, And then you have got to have the right management, which is essentially your coach. (laughs) It's kind of a cool comparison. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah. And the the, the uniform is, is literally the logo. Correct. Yeah. That like represents you on every, you know group poster with whatever that's cool yeah to answer your next question you said talk about makeout yeah so yeah i joined this band three years ago i was a fan of the band prior to joining i had gone and seen them when they had come to chicago several times that's actually a really cool story so the frantic broke up and i did a couple other random gigs i you know was playing in another band that just stayed like regional we were just you know not really touring or anything but and then i went This is going to be the short version of this story, by the way. I went and sang in a show in Las Vegas on the Strip for a while. And I had tried all these different things. And I I came back to Chicago in 2017. And I said, I'm going to give it one more go. I'm going to to do the band again. I need to get get back in a band. And I saw this band called Makeout. They didn't have a bassist at the time. And uh, so I reached out to the guitar player on Instagram. And I said, hey, I'd love to audition to potentially be your bass player. And he got back to me and he said, hey, dude, I appreciate it, but we actually don't know if our band's going to continue on much longer. And that was it. I didn't really talk to him again after that. And then two weeks later, I was on vacation in Florida and I woke up and I checked my social media and their singer had quit. So mm-hmm. that's why he said they didn't know if they were going to continue on. And uh, I had this light bulb moment where <laughs> in my head I was going to be the bassist, but all of a sudden, you know, my wheels are spinning and I'm like, there's no way they'll take on a new singer, right? Like, that's kind of far-fetched. And uh, before you knew it, I became the singer of the band. So that's been three years now. And then right when I joined is when the pandemic happened. So we had all this new momentum. We were all excited. had some tours booked. And then everything closed down. But we're still here. We stuck it through. And we're excited now to be on the road, finally. (laughs) So you're in the middle of a tour right now? Yes. Tell us about how that's going. It's our first tour with me and the band. We're so stoked. We uh, wrote all these new songs over the pandemic and we're finally able to like play them live. We released a song called Home almost two years ago now, I think. And this is the first time getting to see the reaction live, seeing the fans sing it in every city. And it's just super cool. So yeah, we're, we're excited, man. That's cool. The so how does that happen? How do you how do you apply to be a member of a band? Do you just send them your resume and hope that they Pretty, check your LinkedIn or what? How does it work? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they held some auditions. I I think they had like a thousand submissions, but I had already, like I said, reached out prior and kind of got my foot in the door before any of that happened. I think which helped me out. But I weirdly enough, I knew I was the guy for the part, not in some sort of 
conceited way, but I just felt it. I knew when I was watching the band that it reminded me of how the Frantic was, like you said. You can see the chemistry and stuff. I could tell they were a band that rehearsed and kind of grew up the same way I did, and it just felt like a good fit. So yeah, I just put myself out there. I sent in an audition tape with, like you said, some resume and some videos of some of the stuff I'd done in the past, and it worked out, and it was really cool. And so help us understand your writing process. Those guys are, are they from Chicago? Or they're not from Chicago. No, our guitarist, the band originally formed in like the Boston, Rhode Island area. Our guitarist is from there. He moved out here to LA. And then our drummer is actually from Australia. So he's been locked down over there for the last three years. This tour is the first time we've been in the same room together <laughs> since pre-shutdown. Oh, really? Did you record together? It was a weird process. He did all of his drum parts out in Australia. So Tyler, our guitarist and I, did a lot of the recording here in Los Angeles and in Philadelphia together. And then we would send him the parts and he was able to record out there. And again, the technology aspect would not have worked 10, 15 years ago, but it's pretty convenient that we were able to do it that way. So 10, how many songs did you write remotely? We wrote a ton. We have like nine that we're going to release very shortly here. So do you just have like a group Zoom and everybody's on it? and you? Yeah, we Zoom once a week. <laughs> the equivalent of our band practice. And to tie it into everything we've been saying as far as discipline and hard work, it's even more important now for us to hold ourselves accountable. Like leading up to this tour, we hadn't been able to get in the room and rehearse as a band. So I had to do all of my rehearsals at home by myself. And I had to discipline myself to make sure I got to set aside a couple hours today to go over all of our songs and treat it, treat it like a job. And that's, that's, the chemistry of our band, it's very unique, but it's working. And are you playing bass on the band? I'm singing and playing guitar. So the, someone else plays bass now? Yeah, we, we had a bassist who uh, we just parted ways. Right now it's just a three-piece, but it's kind of funny like that I initially applied to do bass, and now we'll see. Do you have a bass player? <laughs> we do not at the moment, no. How does that music sound without a bass? You know, there are times where you, you have a just a fill-in, just a, a guy that's not necessarily part of the band, but he... We just hire him as a hired gun to come learn the parts and play with us. Currently, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but this is the way it is in 2022. You just pre-record the bass and you put it into the sound system, which is what we're doing on this run. Okay, so it's a like a temp track or a click track, but yep. the actual bass parts? Yep, which 13-year-old me would have thought was so lame, but it's doing it nowadays and, and there are its benefits. It's one less guy in the van with you. It's one less opinion that clashes it's one less you know paycheck it's there are some benefits and who runs the bass track the drummer yep my guitarist recorded all of it and he's great so yeah it's, it's kind of cool the way we're doing it cool and i'm actually going to see you guys play in about half an hour so i'm excited dude. yeah <laughs> you can check it out and, and report back on how the bass sounds. we'll have a follow-up after the yeah after the gig and then are you done with the tour we are just getting started okay. this is our fourth show we have like a full month left, so. You doing full West Coast or what's the? Yep. So we did Anaheim. We just did Colorado, Phoenix, San Diego, LA today. And then tomorrow we're heading up to Portland. We're playing Portland on Halloween. So that'll be fun. What venue? It's called the Star Theater, I believe. Looks like some old, like spooky haunted theater, which will be cool for Halloween. Perfect. Are you guys wearing costumes? Yeah, <laughs> we've been talking about it. The other band we're on tour with is going to be the Trailer Park Boys. So that's pretty good. We got to top that. Yeah, you should be 
the trailer park girl. <laughs> right. So tell us some more, what, what's your goals now with this? Band? Our goals for this band, I mean, my personal goals have definitely shifted from what they were when I was a kid. Every Every kid wants to be the biggest band in the world. That's what they all say, you know. Oh, I just want to be the biggest band. To me now, it's I just want to connect with the people. All the like labels and radio and all that stuff, it's cool. But it's it's about more than that as I've gotten older. It's just you see how crazy the world is and how it could all just fall apart at any instance. So it's like I just want to connect with as many people as possible. The more kids that come out to our shows and, and have a good time and leave with a smile on their face, there's nothing better than that. Do you play a lot of all ages shows? Yeah, we have been. And just, yeah, after the show, you get down and you meet everyone. They tell you about the crazy week or, or year they've been having. And you just know that they put time in their schedule to drive out and pay the money to come to a concert. And it just reminds you of how powerful music is and why we do what we do and why we're willing to put in all of that hard work and dedication just to impact the lives of others. There's really nothing better than that. Nice. So what does a band's calendar look like now? Is it try to look at the summer, try to get some festivals booked at this time of year? Or how does... Yeah. So this this tour we're on now wraps right around Thanksgiving. So we're out for a month. And then over the winter, we'll be pushing our new record and releasing that. And then I imagine all through the spring and the summer, we'll be touring on the new record. So it'll be cool. And where are you living now? I'm still in Chicago. I'm still close to home with all the, all my family. It's nice to have the home base. Because when you're on tour, you get to see everything and travel everywhere. And we've seen some really awesome stuff on this run. We did Utah and Colorado and drove all through the mountains. We stopped at Arches National Park and we drove right past the Grand Canyon. And you see everything, but then at the end of the day, like just to go home to Chicago and, and be with my close friends and family, I think I'm going to be there for a while still. Speaking of that, I want to congratulate you on your expanding family. Thank you. Got you very married much. recently. I did. Yes. Thank you. Tell us about how did that happen from a, a rock and roller to a <laughs> married man? Times are different. I'll tell you. Go to bed a lot earlier, and I wake up and FaceTime my wife and see my dogs, and that's what matters now. It's not about partying and <laughs> doing all the crazy stuff we did as kids. But yeah, she's great. We met. We started dating almost five years ago, and uh, yeah, over all the COVID stuff. We were home together and just got a lot closer and we got married in Las Vegas, just us and our close family. And it's great. She's very supportive of what I do and she's like my rock. It's awesome having her at home and having that to look forward to now at the end of the tour. And you all living on the South Side? Yep. You went to high school on the South Side too, right? Yeah, I went to Lockport High School. I think there was a connection to that. In the movie? I think the coach's son maybe coached there at one point. I remember that, yeah. Or something like that. There's a, and there, Didn't you write at some point with the Plain White Tees guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tom was at our wedding, actually. Is he the lead singer? Yeah, Tom. He's a great guy. So there's a crazy story. The movie premiered in, in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, right. Which is where I mean, it premiered at a running film festival during the U.S. Olympic trials. Okay. At the U.S. Olympic trials that year, we were given a few passes to see the races. Mm -hmm. And so we're at the races and there is this woman competing. I think she ran something like a middle distances named Delilah. Ah. She is the one. The same Delilah. Is, yes. Yes, because I knew she was a runner. Right. Yeah. And so the day the movie premiered, we went and saw Delilah race. And they wow. were like, this is the Delilah from the Hey Delilah song. And at that time, that was like right when the song was like Huge. massive. It was like, like the just biggest came song out. in the world. Uh -huh. and to he so why don't you tell the story of 
Do you know the story? Of what? Of Delilah? I've I've talked to Tom about it. I don't know if I remember it entirely, but I know that they're still good friends. And I, I think maybe I don't, it's not my place to say their relationship, but I, I know that, I mean, obviously it worked well for both of them. I would assume, you know, the notoriety for her and, and the song obviously took their band to another level. But I do remember that she was a runner and I think they keep in touch. That's probably as far as I'll say for that. What's the lyric? Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, girl, tonight you look so pretty. I think it was one of those things where he told her he would write a song for her and she, you know, ended up saying, hey, where's my song? And he finished it. And next thing you know, it's the biggest song in the whole world. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. So I just thought that was the quite serendipitous that we're at the race. That yeah. she, I don't think she qualified. I think she qualified for the trials, but didn't get on the team. Mm -hmm. I think she was like at a steeplechaser or some one of those big events where they have like 20 or 30 athletes. I believe they even played the song as part of like her entry music or something. And it was pretty cool. That is cool. I wonder if she's sick of it by now or if she actually enjoys it. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're going to wrap this up a little bit sooner than we thought. We, we are heading. Kyle does have a gig that we're going to be getting to right now. I just want to say thank you so much, Kyle D, for sitting down with us. Thank you so much for your music, which will forever... The dog wanted to chime in. Yeah, she says thank you, too. You're welcome. I love you, Jack. Thanks. Kyle's music and the Frantic music is going to forever be a part of the Long Green Line experience. I will link the Frantic music below. We'll link Kyle down below. Makeout Kyle. This is Instagram handle at Makeout Kyle. Makeout will be coming to a town near you. And again, I think it's just great to hear the power of music as a discipline and how much it's similar to sports. And the playing on a team is just like playing on a band. You're the second person we've now talked to from a band. We got to talk to Dan Kanopka from OK Go. Awesome. And I just love, you know, the the interchange between music and sports. You know, it's been my two big passions in all my work. And it's really exciting to sit down. And I'm excited to see you guys play tonight. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, it's good to connect with you. And thanks for giving us the opportunity back then to have our song in a movie. And I remember coming to the, the premiere that you did in Illinois. And it was like a red carpet event. And it's just that was really cool and really special for us. So thank you. And what's Makeout's socials? At Makeout Official. That's a selfie, too. We're taking yeah. pictures right now. Which... You see me over the microphone? Yeah. We'll send this to our family. So at the end of this, we're going to let everyone know we're family members. We are cousins from a long chain of Irish immigrants who came <laughs> yep. here and had many, many children. My father had 36 first cousins, I believe. Wow. And so they, they came over as Arnold's. Mm -hmm. And ironically, I'm the only male Arnold left at the bottom of that food chain. Wow. So no pressure to have kids yeah, at all. There you go. There's a lot of Graces and O'Briens, O'Briens, Gaffneys. All the Irish diaspora is represented somewhere in the Arnold clan, except the Arnold name got watered down. So there were so many girls and those cousins. Yeah. And being Irish, they married off. Taking right, right. Took those names. So thanks again to Kyle D. You can check him out at Makeout Kyle on Instagram. Makeout will be on tour this fall and spring. And we look forward to hearing more of the music. Very similar sound to the Frantic. If you were already a fan, you're going to be a fan for some more music. And thank you all again for listening to the Long Green Line podcast. We'll be with you next time. This is Maddie Arnold signing off. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.